get this party started. Well, what good are some of those? So, yeah, so if, I think when Souza was your, was his became his thing when the start of the second half. Let's get this shit over with. Right, let's go. Let's go. Let's get pumped for this shit show. Come on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Brocko and I'm joined this evening by Stephen Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Let's get this chirpy podcast on the road then, shall we? Following the weekend defeat, the heavy defeat, Steve, at Sheffield United. And if I'm honest, and maybe you as well, uh, I think it was a defeat we'd been expecting after our recent away performances. It at the moment, it is the word shambles fair. It's awful, isn't it? And and Saturday was a combination of recent performances, um, lack of shape, lack of cohesion, lack of effort, dare I say. It really was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't think either of us were particularly surprised that we lost. I, I was expecting it. Obviously, away from home recently, we've not been playing very well. You know, the, the uh, dreaded combination of being poor defensively and toothless going forward you know that didn't give me a great deal of confidence but you know I I didn't think we would take the type of drubbing that we did and that was very disappointing and I think the, the big worrying thing for me now is that you know the last three away games like you could arguably say they've been three of the worst performances of the season haven't they yeah. so yeah, you know it's, it is disturbing I think we, we need to be doing better really don't we but it was just really disappointing and, and everyone that went I, you know I have sympathy because when you're two goals down that early on you you know, you're, you're fairly sure you're not coming back, and you just think, well, you, you've wasted a Saturday really there, and you know, it, it, it was disappointing, but you know, was it entirely unexpected? Probably not. Just more the manner of the defeat and the scoreline was what was unexpected, really. I would say. Yeah, I think that's the word we can probably hone in on there, isn't it? It's the manner of it. I was speaking to um, some of our mates in in a couple of days ago, and we were just saying that really, it's not about going into these games and. Um, thinking, especially against the Sheffield United, and, and thinking, oh, we, we need to go there and pick up a result. Right now, the way we've been going, I think we need to see a performance, don't we? And I think this isn't, I mean, if we take all our results into consideration, and I did this before we started recording here, I really had to dig deep. And I'm talking, going back to the likes of um, Coventry, you know, and 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 that was a, just a, a really bright start, something we don't really do very often. Uh, but I think important there is they were an informed team at the time, and going back to that game. But before there, Steve, I had to get to October, the Peterborough win at home, the West Brom win at home, and the Cardiff win at home. So away, it's poor, and Russell Martin hasn't fixed it. And I think you can be one of two things, can't you? You can be over-expansive away from home, or you can be overly cautious away from home. But what we are is, worst of two evils here, is that we are leaky, but as you say, completely toothless. And the shape of the team defensively is horrendous. There are no end of accounts out there at the moment on Twitter and the like. They're analysing the Swans games and the commentators, the, the fans are all saying the same thing of the opposition. They're all saying, Swansea are making it easy for us. Yeah, we are. I mean, a lot of our goals seem to come in from, you know, in between the 
the wing back and the centre half. I mean, there was a couple of goals when that were conceded from the, you know, the, the left hand side. And I think the frustrating thing is as well, in some ways, some of the team selections. I mean, I think nobody's really in favour of Lata Bodier playing as a, a wing back. I would say, um, and. Again, it's, he didn't look great there, but I'm reluctant to give him too much criticism because we know he's not a wing-back. Yet, unfortunately, the manager seems to keep persisting with it. Now, it would have made more sense, in my point of view, to have maybe played Manning in that position. And if you don't want to play Latibode at centre-back, maybe bring uh, Bennett into the team. I mean, at least then, you're playing players in positions that suits them more. I mean, I think this manager now, where I'm starting to get frustrated with him is he seems to be shoehorning players into this formation, and he basically will not um, change it at all. I mean, the week before, did start with Perot and um, Oberfemi, but then Perot was playing as a 10, and you're just thinking, well, you don't want your best finisher being wasted playing as a more, you know, a deeper, like, want to be a creative type of player. You want him on the last man, really, looking to try and feed him in for chances. So, I just think sometimes you need to vary it, and this, I think this formation isn't really working. I mean, this was another thing that was discussed the other day, wasn't it, where you know, he's sticking with it. And, you know, I, I think to an extent, maybe we need to change the shape. Why can't we go to a diamond in midfield and play two up front, for example? Because I think that does suit the players we've got. We can't go with wingers because, you know, he's got rid of all of them. So that doesn't suit us now. But we could go to a back four. And then we've got so yeah. many midfield players that we could then play a diamond. And I think we've got two decent strikers that we could, you know, <clears throat> that does suit the players that we've got. I'm not saying it's a formation that, I like in general. It's not my favourite. If you've got, you know, if you've got other type of players, but why can't we do that? Because this formation, I think, quite often isn't working. We're just a little bit slow as well, aren't we? It's not. There's not a great deal of pace in the team or anything like that. And we're, you know, we're, we're finding it difficult, aren't we? And I, I think, you know, the best managers sometimes they don't always stick with the same formation. They are a bit more open to change. And I think Russell Martin does need to look at maybe considering a change because it's not really suiting us at the moment, is it? Is it fair to say that um, he is, at the moment, he's still very young. He's still clearly quite naive because the way the Swans are playing at the moment, I mean, he's talking about, um, you know, transforming the whole squad again in the summer. Um, you know, it's seven players in at the moment of his and he's, he's looking at making wholesale changes again. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that sits with the current crop it doesn't really probably breed a great deal of confidence in the in the in the players that he's got at his disposal. But like you say, we're looking at a team at the moment and it's not a bad squad. He's not getting a tune out of them. And that is a concern to me because if the players aren't, you know, putting a shift in, which for all intents and purposes, I, I think you'd struggle to see get a player marked over five out of ten for um for Saturday's efforts. Um and that's being generous. It makes you wonder where the players are at. Because uh, at the moment, I'm not seeing any enthusiasm on the pitch. And the same rhetoric is being brought out every game. You know, we didn't start well. I'm frustrated. We came back in the second half, which, by the way, is a bit of nonsense. Because when the opposition are 2-3-0 up, they take their foot off the gas. It's not about us being brilliant in the second half. Quite often, it's the game is done. Um, I, I'm worried about the players and, I, and, and, and where their heads are at and whether they fully buy into this way that he wants to play. Um, I think with that, I suppose time will tell, really, what they mean. But I think what I expected from the Swans this season was to start slow and to 
you know, improve as, as we've gone on. But you know, we haven't massively seen that, have we? And that is a little bit of a worry. And and it is frustrating. I mean, I'm like I'm nowhere near the point of saying we should change the manager. I'm, we've got to be patient here. I mean, we're in no danger at the bottom of the division. Obviously, we're, we're not going to get anywhere near the top either. You know, we're going to be probably about where we are now in the bottom half. Um, but I think in, even if you don't see results sometimes, you want to see improvement in performances. And I mean, let's look back at the when Graham Porter was here, for example. It did just feel like we were a bit indifferent at the maybe in the first half of that season, but then we got a more settled side in the second half. And we a lot of the performances, especially in the home games, we were playing really, really well, blowing teams away. And if we're being honest, there were quite a few of the, of the other games away from home as well, where it wasn't that we were playing badly. We were just making you know, a few dull mistakes and they were they were costing us. But it, it felt like we were on the right track, I would say. Whereas this, I don't know if we're on the right track. It feels like we're sort of not making a great deal of progress. We're not going you know, severely backwards, I would say, because at home we're doing okay and we're picking, you know, we have won the last three at home at the end of the day, which is quite reasonable. But, you know, away from home, we are pretty shambolic, if we're honest. I think, you know, we've only had three wins. I think there haven't been many draws in there. I think we've played more games than we've won points on the road. So, and and like I said, the performances haven't been very good, have they? So I think that's the that's the real concern. I mean, we, we have still got to show we're a degree of patience, I would say, and I mean, this Rome wasn't built in a day. This has been, you know, a fairly sizable rebuild, hasn't it? There's not a lot of players here last year that were, oh, sorry, here this year that were here last year. Um, so, but there are good players here. I mean, I think defensively, that's certainly where we're not necessarily the best. I think, you know, I'm sure we'll go on to discuss Andy Fisher, but he hasn't looked the most convincing yet. But you look in, you know, the midfield area, the likes of Downs, Grimes, um, and then obviously Patterson has done well, and, and you know, Perot has obviously been excellent, and Obafemi has shown good signs recently. So you look in those positions and you think, you know, there are good players there, and there's, there's players there that can hurt the opposition. But I think defensively certainly is the issue. Um, but obviously, when Obeta comes uh, into the team, you'd like to think that will, you know, there'll, there'll be some sort of an improvement there. But, you know, I, I think we, we should be doing better. We shouldn't be as easy to, to score against. I think it's, it's a bit frustrating. We're, we're a bit predictable as well, aren't we? I know we've, we've highlighted the lack of pace in the side, haven't we? And, you know, that that's what's still an issue until Ogbeta returns. So, yeah, there's, I think there's definitely things I'm seeing that I'm, I'm not convinced by and a little bit concerned about. But at the same time, I am willing to show patience because Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a sizable rebuild. We went short-termism after um, obviously getting relegated to try and get back in there as soon as that then didn't work. And the budget uh, was significantly reduced this summer. It was always going to be a little bit painful, but it is frustrating at the same time that I think we haven't made the progress that we should have done. I think a lot. I think this fan base at the moment is probably um, fifty-fifty or close to fifty-fifty on 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 two thoughts here, aren't they? There's the let's look at the wider context, which is what you're just saying, Esty. Which is this season was about transition. It was about a rebuild. Um, and it was about obviously not getting relegated, but just it was always going to be about the season 22-23, um, which is valid. But then if you dig, if you just scratch slightly below the surface, which is where the other half of the fan base come into it, um, which is the other point you were making, was about performances, was about improvement. And and I'm sorry, for because I keep saying this almost every week on this podcast at the moment, but you can 
directly correlate this with the Graham Potter season. And it is the fact that you saw in that season that you saw the building blocks. You saw the pieces being put into place by the work on the training ground. Now, I have massive issue with what is happening or not happening on the training ground because our shape is horrific. Tactically, we look clueless. We look like we don't know what we're doing. And I know you made the valid point about defence being an issue, but I'd argue that at the other end of the pitch, we're as big an issue. I mean, in the middle of the park, there's very little pass and move football. And I, I, I do agree that pace in itself is an asset and is a is a strength that we lack. But I always I always believe that the ball is going to move faster than any player. So it doesn't act, actually have to have you know, six or seven Dan Jameses on the pitch to, to hurt teams. You just need to move into a pocket of space and fizz the ball and, and keep the ball moving quickly. And I know we spoke about this in a previous podcast, but there was a, a viral video went out a couple of weeks ago, of, in fact, of Sheffield United that scored a fantastic team goal. I don't think anyone in the video took more than two touches, but the ball was moved very quickly. No one ran with it. No one beat a man or left someone in their wake. It was always just making the ball do the work. And I think that is a big issue as soon as we get into midfield, to be honest with you. Um, we're very pedestrian. We're very easy to defend against. So, yeah, the fan base is very split. It is. I think I think you've got the half that's saying, don't be ridiculous, which I do understand that. And I got the other half, which I'm kind of like in between at the moment. We're, we're really thinking now, I'm not seeing any improvement. In fact, I'm seeing it getting worse. You know, we're looking at we took, you mentioned the last the last two home games were wins. Um, Bristol City uh, were by far the better team in the first half, and uh, we we were there. We we you had the you know a smattering of booze as the players left for half time. Um, rightly or wrongly, that's just fact that happened. And um, Blackburn, the, the 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 home win before that was. <laughs> was a backs to the walls job. Any you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, that ends in a Blackburn win. I'm afraid, and we were very grateful that we won it. You know, we needed the points, but um, you know, and, and 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 you know, a few days before that was the Luton Town defeat. So, it, what I'm saying here is, we're not seeing the performances. We're not seeing us put together something. It would be something if we were losing these games. But you're saying that's unlucky. The ref has robbed us. They've cheated. Da, 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 da. One lapse in concentration, but it, it, it's not. It's not Sheffield United 4 0. If I'm honest, and I've had this debate on Twitter over the weekend, I feel like it could and should have been a lot more. Um, I think 4 0 may have flattered us, and I can't remember saying that before. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the chances they missed. Obviously, Gibbs White was in at one point, wasn't he? And he Obviously, he had that head and it went wide. There was another one where he was in and he tried to do a back heel and it went wrong. Grimes gave it away, didn't he? At 4 0 down towards the end. I mean, if anything, actually, the chances that they missed, some of them were better than the ones that they scored. I mean, if it was yeah. the second goal, obviously, it was a bit of a screamer, wasn't it? I don't think our defending was very good on the whole, but I mean, when it gets to that point with the finish, there really isn't a lot you can do then, is it? But <laughs> yeah, they did miss some good chances. Look, it could have been more. I think you, know, you don't see many six or sevens in general do. I don't think we were maybe quite that bad. But I mean, it, look, on another day, you can have them sometimes where, let's be honest, if Steve Cooper was their manager, it probably would have been six or seven because 
his team seem to take the chances that they create. So, you know, but I, I'd probably say on, on reflection that the result was probably about right, but you are. But, you know, it's typical to, to say that, you know, they could have scored more because the chances that they missed were good ones. So, look, you know, um, it, it was bad. Uh, you can't dress it up um, any other way. And, you know, at, at the moment, you're looking at every away game, aren't we, and just thinking... How badly wrong is it going to go? Unfortunately, and we just think we've got to stop the wrong way from it. We've got to turn in a better performance and got to get a result from somewhere. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And what is your what are your thoughts on the issues up the pitch? I mean, I did talk to a length there about the fact that we don't play pass and move football. Is it a confidence issue? Is it a training issue? Is it a bit of both? I mean, these players seem reluctant to play pass and move football, and it. It it makes me want to scratch my eyes out because we we make we allow teams to get six seven men behind the ball before we even threaten to hurt them. So um, inevitably, when we've passed it sideways and backwards, we end up with um, the ball in our defensive half again, and um, they're reset, ready to rob it off us. So we 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 don't hurt teams, do we? No, we can just be like that bit slow. And as you say, I mean, I've, I've highlighted pace and like, but yeah, there are times I think where. You know, we, we can just be a bit slow and a bit safe. And I think, if I'm honest, the formation, again, doesn't really help that. I think when we've played this, you know, the, the way that we've wanted to play in the past with this style of football, it's always been with wide players, isn't it? You know, it's been a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. And I think that always gives you more options then. But I think this formation, especially when you've got someone like Lata Baudier playing as a wing-back, then, you know, you haven't got that outball quite often on the left or anything like that. And I think it does just limit our options a little bit. And I think there's arguably when you're playing like with, you know, maybe two sitters in midfield and then two number 10, sometimes they can get in each other's way, I think. And there's, yeah. there's not enough, enough space for them all. Whereas when you are playing with, with natural width of two wide players, you are just stretching the play a bit more, aren't you? If you're asking different types of questions. And I think that was always what was successful for us. And if I'm honest, I, that is the way I would rather see us play. But, you know, we're not going to play that way, are we? Because this manager has decided that he didn't want any wide players, that he wants to play with wing-backs. And, you know, we don't really have that option, do we? The only option we've got, from my point of view, is to switch to a diamond because I just don't think we've got the players to, to change it to any other side. You move the um, the two in the middle of the diamond as a little bit wider then to create that space? Because at the moment, I mean, like you say, you're going to have four in the middle there that are pretty much in a in a square as it is at the moment with the with the two sitting and the two number tens. It does end up with they're on top of each other, and you can end up standing around like there was highlighted on Twitter on the weekend was players are passing the ball and standing around and watching the game unfold in front of them. This they just I, I can't work out whether it's the players or the the training or the tactics. It it's a mess. Yeah, it's. It's not my favourite style of play, I mean, in general, if I'm honest. The only time where I've watched this and thought it really works is when Chris Coleman did it with Wales. And I think there was a key difference with that was Wales' best two players were Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. So you then want to get those two two players in the most influential position. So it then made sense. And we also had a lot of defenders and we had a couple of like wing-backs and we had the fact that Ben Davis could go into the the centre of the the three and we, we didn't really have... A striker, did we? So we had to then shoot. We had to play with either Bokes or, or Oxford Carner up front. So for me, that that did work well because of the players that we, you know, we had at our disposal. But I mean, in, in general, 
that's, that's not the way that I, I'd like to see my team play. I, I would like to see us play with, with more wide men. And I, I do just think it, it does lend itself more to attacking attractive football from my point of view. But, you know, look, he's not going to change it, is he? So we can talk about this all day long if we want to, but he, he doesn't have the players to change it. And the reason he does have the players is because he, you know, he didn't bring any in that would have suited that style of play. So it's obviously, it's not him. And MK Dons, again, he, he also wanted to play this way. So that's it. We've got to get on with it. But he's going to, you know, I think when the wing back from Shrewsbury, Ogbeta, when he does come back, that should give us some sort of an improvement, at least. And, and it has to really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, where 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 Russell Martin's at now? I mean, he surely. I mean, tonight's game. We're recording this on the Tuesday night. Our game was 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 postponed this evening, uh, home to um, Bournemouth due to uh, stadium damage for the storms that we've uh, experienced the last few days. Um, so oh, I almost feel like that was a blessing because that could have been another horror horror story. But it does give us. A full week and a bit then to really um, get an opportunity to regroup and spend in, you know, a full seven days if they if they want on the training pitch uh, in in preparation for next Monday's game away at West Brom. Surely we 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 will see something there. I don't think there can be many excuses to see a Sheffield United type performance in that game. Yeah, I, you know, you'd like to see an improvement when you. I think. Obviously, right now, we should be about to go into the liberty to watch us play Bournemouth. And I think after the other day, I'm, I'm not too disappointed it's been called off. I mean, you look at, you know, our record against them in general isn't great. And it's, I think the last thing we needed really was another kick in the guts. But as you say, I mean, it does give us a week on the training ground. Um, and you have to hope that there is an improvement, uh, really, because our perform on the road hasn't been good enough and the performances haven't been good enough, have they? But having that week... You know, it should, in theory, do us good. I mean, if we're being realistic about this, in January especially, and in the early part of February, I mean, we, we were having a lot of games, weren't we? You know, we were playing midweek all the time. And it, it can be quite grueling. I mean, the manager wasn't making many changes. And, you know, in a couple of the games, it probably did catch up with us. But if you look at it, last week we didn't play midweek. We're not playing now until next Monday. You know, tiredness, absolutely, you know, cannot be an excuse if we don't turn up at West Brom. You know, we, we need to do better, don't we? We can't keep making excuses um, for poor performances and for poor team selections and stuff like that. We've got to learn. Because if we're not learning, then we're going to continue to um, end up being uh, playing poorly and, and not picking up many points. So, you know, I, th- I think we we need to see more positive signs, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think from what you're saying there, you know, is your obviously hope that no matter what happens now between now and the end of the season that um, Martin at least gets until next season to get this right. Is there any chance, you would think, between now and the summer, if it does all go peak-tong, that he isn't in charge in August? I'd be very surprised if he isn't. I mean, I think it would take, you know, an incredibly bad run where we get sucked in towards the bottom three or four for that to happen. And I think for us to get anywhere near that lot down there, we probably have to lose nearly every single game because not only do we have a big lead over them, they're just not picking up many points. So, look, yeah, look, he'll be here and he should be here. And I think the time to properly judge would be after he's had another transfer window. And then we're, you know, we're sort of a dozen games into the new season 
And I think if we get to that point and we're struggling and we're not seeing positive signs, then you'll be under pressure. But I'd say until then, can you know, I'm fairly relaxed about it. Yeah. Um, another news uh, before we go on to quickly look at the Bristol City game, the um, well, uh, Russell Martin's right hand man, Luke Williams, has left the club, Steve. Uh, for personal reasons, uh, Russell Martin went into a little bit of detail the other day to explain that he's got a young family and he spent a lot of time away from home. Um, how much of a miss do you think that has left uh, Russell Martin and the club? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, Luke Williams wasn't at MK Dons when Russell Martin first took the job, so it's not like, I don't know, you have some guys that you always have their assistant, Brian Flynn, with Kevin Reeves, that's a good example. Martin is with Graham Jones, obviously, in the first decade or so of his um, managerial career. I mean, I, I don't think it's quite like that, is it? But, I mean, obviously, if Russell Martin's brought him with him, then it, it, you have to say it is a loss because you wouldn't have brought him in if he if he couldn't offer something. But, look, it's personal reasons. We we don't know, do we, why uh, why he's moved on other than that. So, we just wish him the best. And, you know, um, hopefully it won't have a, a negative impact for us. Yeah, and, and Martin did go on to say he's going to see how the... The situation and the and the atmosphere is after his uh, the dust settles, and he may yet bring in a replacement. So it'll be interesting to keep tabs on that uh, as the days and weeks unfold. Um, so we will look back because we didn't do it last week, as you remember. We had uh, former trust chair Andrew Gordon on the podcast last week to talk about that trust deal that was negotiated. Um, but we so we didn't do a football podcast last week. We just looked at that. So we have to look back at the Bristol game. Now this is one which is interesting because I mentioned a little bit earlier on, Steve, about um the halftime booze. I remember we spoke about it briefly at the time and it was one of those things where you thought relief, maybe, that we, we turned it around. Obviously it was a much better second half, a very good second half performance. Um we seem completely unable to do this over a, over a game where we can outplay a team. But the second half, I have to say, was far better. Um, and uh, it kind of showed the, the contrast that we can be sometimes. Um, the game itself was, was like you say, it was, it, was, it was a game of two halves, really. And uh, it left me a little bit confused about where that means we are at home. Because the results aren't bad at home, but the performances... It, it's like I can't decide. I can't decide whether they're good or we're just getting getting over the line. Well, to be fair, I would say I thought in the second half against Bristol City we did play quite well. Um, yeah. Whether we deserve to win three one is probably a bit debatable, but I do think we, you know, we, we were good. We probably did deserve to win in the end overall. Um, as you said, the first half was poor. I mean, they had a, a lot of chances, maybe not brilliant chances. But they were knocking on the door, and in the end, they, I think they did deserve to be in front of the break. And it was a poor performance from us. And when you heard those boos at half time, I was thinking, well, I think if we don't improve the second half, I do wonder how, how loud it's going to be at full time. I wouldn't have been one of those people, but probably did show the, the frustration of the fan base at that stage. But I honestly thought we did play well in the second half of that game. We, we did ask a lot more questions, and in the end, we, we did deserve to win. So that was a bit more encouraging. I know you mentioned Blackburn earlier for saying we, we didn't play great at home, but I, didn't, I think in all fairness with that one, when you are, especially in the second half, when you're down to 10 men, it's always going to be a bit back to the wall, isn't it? So 
biggest circumstances uh, that maybe dictated that a bit, and we were playing a good side. So we yeah, but we didn't do anything apart from the goal. I mean, before the before the red card, uh, which I know admittedly came. Was that around about 56, 57 minutes or something? So it was quite early in the second half, I understand. But, um, but well, yeah. yeah we were, I'm not saying we were amazing in the first half, but I mean, we were, certainly weren't that deep, were we? You know, it's just no. the red card has changed the game. We there. finished the game without a recognised striker on the pitch against Black. Yeah, he did, he did go from Kevin Keegan to Paulo Souza, didn't he? And on that day, I, I would say that it was quite extreme yeah. in terms of his uh, selections, wasn't it? But. Look, I think when it's a red card, I'm willing to do it a little bit more in, in isolation, really, as opposed to, yeah. to to anything else. But, look, the first half against Bristol City was poor. There needed to be a reaction. And, you know, luckily there there was one, wasn't there? But it would be nice to see a 90-minute performance. I mean, it's been uh, quite a while since there's been one of those. Well, I look back, and I, and I was in October, you know? It's, it's, it's bad. Even the wins we got since then, like the Barnsley win... I'd argue, even though we were the better team, I don't think anyone can argue that. We did nothing with it for 70 minutes. Um, Coventry, it was a pointless possession, really, wasn't it? Oh, we were breaking all sorts of records for being pointless. I, I messaged you the other day and I said, um, possession without a purpose is pointless, which I think is a nice little mantra to live by because I think that's what... Um, that's what's grating on me is we can put in a performance and a result like Sheffield United. And while we're there, I'm just going to find that right now, that that statistic, um, because I want to just reference it. Uh, Hang on one second, me. Right. So we all watched the Sheffield United game. Even the biggest Russell Martin fans said it was shocking. We finished with 62% possession, Steve. And that, to me, tells you exactly what you need to take and leave when it comes to looking at statistics. Because we were battered. We were humiliated. And yet, for someone who didn't, who just looking at this graph here, would say, God, Swansea were hit with a few sucker punches. No, we weren't. We weren't. We were battered. But this is what I mean. We are keeping the ball in safe areas. And opposition will allow us to do that. Because... Why would you need to run yourself ragged when Swansea are passing it around in their own half? When we start to move the ball forward eventually, and they've got seven men behind the ball, they pick it off us, and within two or three... And we saw this at Stoke um, a couple of weeks ago. When we lose the ball, it only takes the opposition three or four passes to get it in our box and create a goal-scoring opportunity. And that's how slow and ponderous we are Whilst we get 62% possession, it means nothing if we never get the ball anywhere near their area with it and the opposition can do with 38% possession what Sheffield United did on the weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, as you say, in terms of possession, I, mean, I was quite surprised by how much of the ball that we had, to be honest with you, but like, what, what did we do with it? That's the question. I mean, and I always think this, I know some people like uh, not fast on XG, but I do think that is arguably sometimes a fairer reflection based on what you say there are flaws to it. Because obviously if you get like a penalty and it's saved and then you score the rebound, your XG will be one point something, whereas obviously you don't get the rebound if you score the first one. So, and then obviously if there's an offside, that doesn't count. And but you, look, you know, look, but end up having a shot at the end of it, that doesn't count. But I do think there's something in that, whereas it shows you a bit more about what you've actually done with the ball. So, yeah. 
you know, if I'm honest, I haven't looked at the XG for that game, but I'd be absolutely amazed if theirs wasn't significantly higher than ours was. So, look, I mean, we've got to, we've got to take more risks at times, haven't we? I mean, because you could look at it from the point of view... It's just for people positive, isn't it? Be yeah. more positive like, and more play entertaining. in the field and he plays per game. He, he might play five, like, through balls. Four of them might not come off. But yeah. one might. And the one that might come off will probably lead to a good chance. And that's the way you've got to look at it then. But at least you're, you're asking the question, aren't you? You're making it tough for the opposition. And I think that's arguably maybe what we're not doing enough at times. I mean... You know, I think we made the point before. I think it was the Forest game, wasn't it, where there was like a, a, a cross-field ball across the pitch to lead, yeah. where the defender has headed it, and it's it's gone wrong for them, mm-hmm. and then Perot missed that good chance that he from outside the box, and the keepers in no man's land. But that has come from taking a risk, where obviously you end up then with a little bit of luck, don't you? And obviously we, we could have scored from that then. So I think that's just an example, really, where you sort of make your own luck. You took that risk with the ball, didn't quite come off to the intended target, but because it was such a pain to deal with, it led to a defensive mistake. So that's why I think sometimes we do just need to take a few more risks. And I think if you do, usually we'll get your rewards for it. But we're not really doing that, are we? And when you see those micro opportunities arrive, and you and they 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 come and go in a flash. I mean, this is a good level of football, and you'll probably have about a second in that moment. And and it's the same when you turn over possession as well. You've probably got a couple of seconds in a turnover possession to move that ball on forwards if you're going to catch the opposition out. It really is so significant what you do. And our, our brains just seem to go to mush because if you get that little on the turn and you see Patterson's in a pocket of space and there's a player that's about to come and cover him and he's running from five yards aside... Whoever's got the ball looking at Patterson will then have to make a split decision. Can I fire that into his feet? And every time our decision will be, I'll take another touch and see what happens up there. Right, he's being covered now. Right, there's a sideways pass here now and we can keep possession. But that'll mean nothing. If that ball goes into Patterson, as you say, you try it five times. If it comes off once and you get a goal scoring opportunity, it'll always be more than the one you put sideways and you never take that chance. Um positivity, risk-taking, how much are we looking at the end of the game saying, look at him, so-and-so, he's got 92% passing accuracy and he hits X amount of passes. Yeah, but let's take it in context because I'd rather see a Patterson type in that area of the pitch who will normally try things and and, and they won't always come off, but he will try them time and time again. Others won't. And I feel like we need to see that bravery across the midfield and indeed all over the pitch, really, the riskiest football we play is in our own box. We get outside of our box and then we suddenly uh, become scared, which is completely back to front. But uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, I think the one thing that is, 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 is frustrating throughout this huge slump that we've had since God, November, and we've played a half a season since we really had a good performance, which is incredible on its own. But... Um, in that whole time, the one thing we keep coming back to is these lessons, these quite basic things that were seen on the pitch, they're not being learned. These lessons are just going, we're seeing them one game, we're seeing them the next. We're still not taking the risk. We're still leaving ourselves exposed at the back with manning high up the pitch, with Downs and Grimes in a pocket of space where no one, they're not tracking their, their men and stuff like that. And Latibodier got caught out. You mentioned the gap between the wing backs and the centre backs. 
Um, it's just these these huge gaps and discrepancies on the pitch where if you stopped and hit pause, you look at it and went, at what point on the training ground did you allow yourself to end up in this situation? Um, and and it happens every game. Um, would it be fair to say that at least, if nothing else, Steve, we need to see that some of these lessons on analysis after the game, we need to learn from them before we look at anything else. We need to just learn from the mistakes we're making week in, week out. Yeah, you can't really argue with that, can you? I mean, it does just feel a bit like at the moment, like we're not learning and opposition teams are probably watching our games when they're doing analysis and thinking, right, they know how to hurt us because they know exactly what we're going to do and, you know, they are hurting us, aren't they? So, we've got to do better, but we've got to be harder to play against. I mean, being here, we're not particularly fussed on Steve Cooper, but we were not an easy side to play against, were we? Um, You'd have to admit that much. So, you know, I'm not saying we need to go back to being that style of play at all, but there's certainly things that we were doing there where we need to try and get back to, I would say. We've got to try and be harder to beat. We can't be, you know, as as easy to score against as we have been, because if we are, then, you know, we're going to have to score a lot of goals to pick up points and, you know, as we've already alluded to, we're not doing that either. So we've got to, got to make it harder for the opposition. We can't be such a soft touch. And let's try and get back to being enjoyable to watch. I mean, I subscribe to the whole idea of us moving on from Steve Cooper from a long time ago. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows my views on that. And I was very much in favour of we need to change from this. This isn't how I would like to see Swansea City go for the next four or five years. Let's try and get back to Graham. We didn't always get the results that we got under Cooper when we were under Graham Potter. But ultimately, every game, you turn up with a smile on your face and you were excited to watch Swansea City play. And it was entertaining and it was exciting. And everyone was buzzing for us every week. Didn't always win. Always suck a punch from a terrible referee indecision or a bad offside call, etc. We got tons of them which seemed to use up all our luck then when it came to Cooper. And we had the opposite uh, issue where we had all, all the opportunity or everything go our way then, um, which was great. But uh, I wanted to enjoy watching Swansea City again. And if I'm perfectly honest, for a long, long time, I haven't enjoyed watching Swansea City play. So I do feel a little bit shortchanged there in that I you know, gave up the results for the performances and we're not seeing either. And I think one way or the other, we need to get back to it and, and get back to actually making the Swans fans put a smile on their face and enjoy going to the Liberty and indeed uh, away, or Swansea.com, I should say, and uh, and the away games as well. The poor fans that travelled up to Sheffield on the weekend were, were dealt a raw deal. Uh, very much so that you say they were up to the game in just 15, 20 minutes. Um, so let's get back to that. Let's get back to enjoying watching Swansea City play and putting the smiles on the fans' faces. Um, well, we look ahead now to the next game. I know we said we were meant to be at a game tonight, um, but indeed it's been called off uh, for the stadium damage. So we have a whole six days uh, from where we're recording this now before we play next Monday. Uh, way at West Brom. Uh, West Brom, of course, changed their manager a couple of weeks ago. Steve, um, what sort of prospect do you make this game out to be now? They're currently sitting uh, in 11th place in the league um, with a poor run of form themselves, um, but uh, will be a, a stern test. Yeah, I mean, if you look at West Brom in terms of obviously they came down last year, they They've got a lot of you know good players, I would say. Um, 
they definitely underachieve it, which is why they, they changed the manager, isn't it? It's got to be the reason why. I think that a lot of them weren't happy with Valeri and Ishmael. The style of play was poor. And when that is poor and you're not picking up results, it's uh, it's not the combination that is going to make you last very long. So, obviously, he's paid the price for that. Um, I think the big concern is they've just signed Andy Carroll, haven't they? So, that obviously is a fear factor. Um, they're not scoring many goals, are they? I think they... Recently, they've not been on a good run, as you say. Um, so in theory, we shouldn't be going there, like, fearing them massively, I, I don't think. Um, there's certainly a side that are underachieving that, that should be doing better. But Steve Bruce hasn't had the impact yet that they would have hoped for. So, look, we we need to go there and play better. I think we'd have to say if we go there and play well, we'd have a chance. Because I think one of the best performances that we have played this season, particularly when we, uh, in the second half against West Brom, we played really, really well, didn't we? And I think that was arguably the... I know Cardiff will always be the high point of the season in terms of uh, the result, but I remember coming out to that West Brom game and thinking, oh, we're on the right track here, we're playing really well. We've had a win against what I would say is a good side, and I'd argue that was probably the high point of the season in terms of thinking, you know, what can we achieve and how much we, we were going to improve, and it's, it's disappointing it hasn't transpired from there, but... You know, hopefully we can we can do the same again. I can't say I'm overly optimistic about that, but you know they are on poor form. We need to try and capitalise on that. But please, for the love of God, I hope Andy Carroll doesn't play. <laughs> Will he make the long trip up north tonight uh, to Middlesbrough? Um, so, given the way our fixtures have fallen and they postpone one tonight, there can be very few excuses. You mentioned tiredness, but also the advantage of West Brom. Playing midweek means they may get what three days on a training pitch compared to our potential seven, all focusing on this game. Um, there should be very little left in the excuse locker, uh, at least performance-wise, Steve. Result, again, like I said earlier, I'm not looking at that at the moment. Um, results can come next season. For now, I'm looking at performances, I'm looking at progression, I'm looking at seeing us and what Russell Martin wants us to be. And I say, right, OK, now, now I'm excited about next season. I want to get there, you know? Yeah, well, that's exactly how I feel, really. I mean, we've there's a lot of games left yet, isn't there? So, you know, there's plenty of time to see good improvement, I would say. And, and this week now, with us having a free week without a game, you know, we, we should be working on things. As we've already discussed, should be looking to become harder to beat them and being a bit more expansive with our play and trying to take some more risks going forward. So, look, there's, there's plenty of time for us to really improve. There's a lot of games left here. I mean, I know we think we haven't got a great deal to play for in terms of league position, and obviously we think we'll be in this division next year. I think that's that's very likely, isn't it? But, you know, this in theory, there should be a degree of pressure not on us at the moment. So we should be, you know, the shackles could be off a little bit, and we could be, you know, taking a, a few more risks going forward and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, why can't we be looking to do that? And, you know, the, the way we've got to look at it is someone like Huddersfield, they were poor last year, weren't they? But they're towards the top six this year. So you're looking sometimes for that, that manager to have had that year to bed in and then to improve next year. And that's what we, we're sort of hoping for. I know Daniel Fark was the same at Norwich, wasn't he, the first year that he was there. Yeah. They weren't great. And I remember thinking, I don't really know where they're going here. But then they didn't half come on that next year and they ended up winning promotion. So yeah. I'm not even saying I'm expecting that from us, but I am expecting a significant improvement next year once we've made a few more changes to the squad and everyone is... You know, the manager's had a year to bed in. You can't really use that as an excuse anymore at that point. So I think that is, that's where we're at really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, with 
like you say, still over a, a, a third of the season to go. Um, we do have that position where you look at it and you think, right, so what can we address this week? And 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 shockingly, I don't think there's an area of our game at the moment that we can say that's okay. We can leave it. We can talk about, we can talk about the movement. We can talk about the shape. We can talk about the formation. We can talk about uh, the, the the positioning of the players on the ball and off the ball. Uh, we can talk about um, being braver. Um, there's a multitude, you know, of of areas on the pitch where you think, right? Oh, it's set pieces. <laughs> I've even forgotten mentioning set pieces, which is a pet hate of mine. Um, being any sort of threat at a set piece doesn't have. You don't have to have six foot five players in the box to score set pieces, or at least be a threat on set pieces. You can also, God forbid, be inventive and do a little bit of work on on them in a training ground. Have someone make a run from deep. Have someone pull from inside the box, out of the box to receive the ball. Make a bit of movement, a bit of enthusiasm. And a bit of ingenuity. It's not. It's been done a million times before. But if you just put in four players in a box and float in a ball in, I'm going to die of boredom. But anything, Steve. There's so many areas of this game which Russell Martin can improve on, isn't it? I don't think there's a certain area we could go. That's good. I mean, at the moment, there's we can improve everywhere. Yeah, you would have uh, thought so, wouldn't you? I mean, you look. Even Man United scored from a corner the other day, so <laughs> we're probably the only team in the United team that haven't done so now. And- I can't think of many instances where I, I believe that we might. No. So, look, we, we do need to improve with, with those type of things. I know in the past, it's, it's always been a bit of a running joke, isn't it, set pieces, where, you know, we've argued that, you know, we've, we've been a small team. I mean, if you look at when we had, like, Leon Britton, Joe Allen, Nathan Dyer, yeah, we were a smaller team then, and it can be trickier. But I don't think this is an especially small team here. So, a lot of the problem is the delivery. So, yeah, we, we need to do better in a lot of areas. I would say um, set pieces is definitely one of them because, yeah, we we never score from them and we have conceded from some of them and we, you know, it, it, obviously it is uh, an area that isn't good enough. Absolutely. Um, so looking ahead to that game against West Brom, Steve, I know you've well, we've touched on every area of the Swans really. Um, we've pulled them to pieces. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with our views, um, I think uh, after the four 0 defeat, we couldn't sit here and sing and um, skip around and sing roses and stuff. Uh, we had to really say that things aren't right and they need to improve. And now I ask you, what would you do differently, mentality or physically on the pitch, to try and better the result that we got on the weekend? Well, like I said, I, I think I honestly think now it's time to switch formation a little bit. Switch to a diamond. Let's play players in their correct positions and go from there. So, you know, Fisher and then Christie as uh, the right back. I think I'd play Cabango with Bennett because that is arguably our two best. And if you're dealing with an Andy Carroll figure. Yes. The one in that's the other thing. Two, two physical centre-ups that can yeah. help us there. Um, Manning would play at left-back. I would then play downs at the base of a diamond with Grimes on the left of it and Cham on the right of it. Although he hasn't played well recently, <laughs> I must admit. You're a brave man picking in Cham after his recent performances. But well, I if I don't pick him in that position, I mean, am I going to pick Fulton? I just think, no, I just think we're going too cautious then again. Yeah. So I would pick in Cham purely because we're switching it. I am not happy with his performances. He has looked half-assed, I am, so I am going to say that much. But seeing as we're going to, I I'm going to switch it. I would pick him in that sense then. 
Patterson would play as the number 10, and then Perot and Oberfemi up front. Now, at least then, for me, you have got your best players, probably most of them playing in their correct positions. See what happens. It could be an improvement. You don't know. I, I th- it can't get worse, can it? I, I don't think. So why don't we, we try that and see what happens? Well, there won't be an opportunity to do it like we've got now, where you've got nine days, where the opposition haven't also got that time. We've, we've, we've been given a little bit of a breathing space now after such... I mean, some people do say, and it is a valid point, that after a, a, a bruising like we got on the weekend, you want to get it back out there as soon as possible. But I'm of the opinion that this wasn't like... Um, we got battered, it was an off day, we lick our wounds, we want to get straight back out there and we're hungry to, to repay the faith. Um, it's not that. It's been a general slump in performances and and behaviour and attitude and so maybe we we will benefit from the nine days the opportunity then to go back to the drawing board and say well if we're ever we're going to get an opportunity to say today let's change the shape and spend the next five days working on this shape working on positions on the ball and off the ball and let's look at creating opportunities whilst being more difficult to beat um this would be it this would be that opportunity and and yeah, the, we are somewhat limited in who we could play in that um, in that diamond. If he if Russell Martin was to go down that way, um, but the the general attitude and, and 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 performance of the players as well needs to be improved. I think a lot of them have let themselves down um, in recent weeks. Um, certainly away from home, I think it's been uh, quite catastrophic in some performances. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how we respond because it is a way. So we are following that trend of the Hull game was 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 really poor. We all thought that was bad. And then we followed up with Stoke and thought, God, it's even worse. And then we've ended up with Sheffield United. Um, the buck has to stop now. Uh, it has to stop here. And it, it will hopefully we'll start seeing what is going on on the training pitch this week. And yeah, go back to Perot and Obafemi up front and give ourselves an opportunity to give the defenders of the opposition something to worry about. Um, with that in mind, Steve, uh, we'd have to look to see uh, what sort of scoreline you're going to predict. And this, I, I can't wait to hear this because I have no idea. Um, not optimistic. <laughs> 2-0 West Brom. One will be Andy Carroll, I would have thought. Performance? I think it's the first time I've ever asked this. <laughs> I think I don't think it will be as bad as what we have seen. I think you'll see a slight improvement, but I don't think it'll be amazing either. To, to tell you the truth, but look, we'll we'll see. I would be delighted if I'm wrong. I'm not convinced I will be, unfortunately. Mm. They've they've been on a poor run themselves, West Brom. As you say, Steve Bruce haven't really got the. Uh... Yeah, we noticed like when someone's on a bad run, we're the team you want to play, haven't we? I know, I know. We, we we lost one, lost one, lost. So current trend says that this could be back on the winning trail. But I am not going to say that we're going to win against West Brom. It's just because oh, I've seen nothing. I've seen nothing at all in the last three away games that says that we're going to go to West Brom and win. But please, please do something different. Look at the game after it's happened and say, why did we concede that goal? I know people will tell me XG and Sheffield United didn't even have a two-goal XG on the weekend. But the fact of the matter is, when they're firing balls across the six-yard box and they're not getting a tap in, that doesn't count. 
And I just disagree because I think, generally speaking, chances created that don't end up with shots and goal, as we spoke earlier on, there's still a lot more than we're doing. So I think that's something that we need to improve on. Stop the opposition cutting us open so easily and also be a bit more exciting ourselves. Please, please let me see some of that on Monday night. Um, I think marginally better than you, Steve, but I think it might still end in a defeat. I'm going to say 2-1 to West Brom. And I'm going to th- I'm going to say that the performance will be better because I think Russell Martin won't go as cautious. I think he'll need to um, sh- will insist on us showing something because being as toothless as we were against Sheffield United again simply won't be acceptable. Um, any final thoughts? Are you hoping for a dramatic turnaround between now and the end of the season or little bits? No, I still think we're. We're sort of inconsistent, aren't we, if you know what I mean? So I think oh, massively. we still have some good days. I mean, I, I wouldn't put the swans on my any accumulator I was going to do. But, look, we'll, I'm sure we will see some some good days because, there's, you know, this, there have been days this season where it has clicked and we've we played really well. So just a oh, more recent... October that was. Yeah, that, that's the issue, isn't it? It feels like there's not been anything or anywhere near enough of that so much in, in recent games. But, look, I still think we're half decent. And what I would say as well is... The bottom four are quite bad, and we are well. Maybe, maybe Derby not so much. I'll stick up for them. I think they they have done quite well. Obviously, this is the season to be shit, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest, because yeah, you've had nice deductions and you've had poor teams. Yeah, but, but if, obviously the, the, those four. I mean, we've, we've got to play all four of them, haven't we? So I know everyone will go on about Cardiff, for example. They've had this little pick up in form, and yeah, they have. But two of the wins we were over Barnsley and Peterborough, so they played them twice now. No, that doesn't mean they're a great side at all. It means they're a side that's good enough to stay up. But, you know, I mean, those games there are going to be good chances for us to, to pick up points. You'd have thought, I mean, one of our best performances was the Peter Rowan, where we, it was. you know, we, we did blow them away, really, didn't we, in the first half of the 3-0 up. So, look, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, things will get better in certain games, I think. But, look, inconsistency is, is probably still going to be there, but... And, you know, this little run we got now is, well, maybe not so much now because Bournemouth has been called off. But, I mean, you're looking at us playing West Brom and got Fulham in a couple of weeks. Well, that's going to be a really tough game, isn't it? I mean, it's, I think everyone would be delighted to get something from that. But, look, we'd like to think then after that we will have some games that look a bit, you know, easier. Uh, so, Like Cardiff yeah. away? Um, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> ever, ever say that. this, that's what this season's about now, isn't it? It's about doing the double. I mean, well, in terms of, uh, in, of which games you want to win more than anything else, yeah, it is that. But I mean, we can't be just focusing on one oh, game yeah. that's a, about eight or nine games away and saying if we do badly in all the, the next two, but we go there and win, then we're going to be happy because we're not. Look, obviously, we will want to go there and win. And if we remain patchy for the rest of the season but win there, look, it probably will. I'm not saying it'll be enough. But it, it will certainly be better than arguably having an extra few points on the board and, and losing that one because that's sort of how people look at derby games, isn't it? But look, when when that comes round, I'm sure we'll we'll be discussing it in, in great detail as we always do. But there's a long way to go until we play. Long, long way. Terms. We need points on the board and improved performances well before that. Because if we don't, we're all going to be dreading going up there, aren't we? So look, let's. Uh, Stay in one game at a time. We got West Brom first. Let's let's hope for an improved performance at the very That's least. It. That is it. I take losing these games at the moment because, as you say, 
the gap between us and the bottom three is so great. And, and like I say, there's two poor teams down there and there's two teams that have had points deductions down there. So the idea of going down this season is is, is unthinkable and, and the gap is, is, is surely too big. So now I'm not looking at points, I'm just looking at performances. And if we can start seeing us putting together a string of performances that we can be proud of and come away saying, Do you know what, we played well that game, um, that's all I'm looking for. So that's my plea to this one's to Russell Martin is to uh, give us a, put a smile on our face again. I know, I know it's about results, but if we are going with what Steve was saying earlier on, it's all about next season, then let's put those building blocks in place to make sure that next season is a successful one and we can uh, end up towards the higher reaches of this division. Uh, well, that's it for this week's podcast. Um, we should be back midweek next week. It will be after the West Brom game and we can talk about that and uh, let's just hope it'll be a more cheery one than the one has been the last few weeks but from myself and Steve that's it for now thanks for listening bye-bye